Hello everybody, this is Mark Kumar, a lifestyle entrepreneur and a proud founder of Simple Podcast Cloud, a platform that gives the ability for the podcasters to host their hosting file, a podcast file, and then we give you everything unlimited. And then today's interview, we have another amazing, amazing uh, podcaster who's going to be sharing amazing tips, secrets, and all the valuable information that's going to help you take your podcasting career to the next level. So Jay, please take your time to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Man, you you really built me up there. That's going to be tough to follow. <laughs> oh, man. My, my name is Jay Schiffman. I am a mental health and substance misuse and recovery speaker, coach, and advocate, and the host of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. So, you know, this is a very personal uh, topic for me. My podcast is on those issues of mental health, substance misuse, and recovery, and drug use. And, uh, you know, I really love doing it. So I really appreciate you having me here to talk about podcasting. Oh, man, that's a really, really, first of all, it's an honor to have you because I'm really <laughs> excited about this conversation. And second of all, I'm just curious, how did you got into that particular career topic yeah. niche? You could have picked anything else. Why that one? Man, I'll tell you what, I didn't pick it. It, it chose me. I, uh, I'm okay. 10 years in recovery. So this is something that's very personal to me. And uh, about five years ago, uh, five years into recovery, I wasn't really talking about it much. But a, a buddy of mine who runs a storytelling event, you know, he was like, man, you got to tell your story. And I, I said no, like three times. And he was like, you got to do it. And so I finally said yes. I gave that speech and it changed my life. And now five years later, it's what I do. I've, you know, I, a year and a half ago or about almost a year, three fourths, I put my career on hold, everything else I was doing. And I said, I'm going to dedicate myself to this full time. And that's what I've been doing ever since. I'm just curious. Can you give us a small, small uh, version of the speech? I'm just curious to know what it is. <laughs> well, you know, I'll tell you this. It started by saying, uh, you know, I, I, I told everybody that I was in recovery and I paused and said, you know, I've never said that in a room with this many people that didn't have to be there. So uh, that was that was sort of the, the oh, my God moment. And I had friends and family, you know, that were there that have never heard me say that. Uh, I had a lot of friends who didn't know that I had been through this. So it really was sort of a uh, a life-changing experience for me to admit this. And those of us in recovery, we, we have a saying that there's really two days that matter, the day you enter recovery and the day that you sort of open up and are honest about being in recovery. And, uh, you know, I live that experience 100%. Oh man, that's so, so I can I can un understand, respect, and fully can completely understand where you're coming from because I know some people. I know your uh, process was the recovery part of it, right? So mm -hmm. let me ask you this question: Soon as you opened up and start sharing, didn't like felt like you was like a hundred pounds off your shoulder. <laughs> You're not wrong. I mean, it, it is one of those things that you don't really realize until you start doing it because that shame, that that stigma that you're living with, it's it's on you and you don't even know. And, and then you start talking about it and you do feel you're breathing easier. You're living easier because you're not carrying around all this weight. Right. And it's like I think everyone your thing was recovery. Everybody has a different, different things over it, right? I think yeah. some of the things that we said to ourselves that piles and piles and piles and piles on it, and when we get to the point where we're like, oh my God, people are going to think I'm a horrible person or mm -hmm. whatever the case might be. And when you start sharing, 
And I don't know if they ever experienced that. Nobody cares. Hundred <laughs> percent. You're you're so right. I'm really glad you said that because I had built up in my brain all these horrible things about how people were going to shun me and people who you know were my friends that once they learned my secret weren't going to want to be around me. And that night, the minute I was done speaking, I ran off the stage. I was I I, I kind of went to the back of the. Uh, it was in a, a bar, and I went to the back of the bar and just sat there by myself, expecting that was it. My life was over, and everybody was going to run away from me. And it was the opposite. Everyone ran towards me, gave me hugs, and you know, one of my brothers was there, and he was crying. I mean, it was a beautiful moment, and and it completely was the opposite of what I was fearing. Yeah, it's kind of like when you feel like you know. I think it might be just society itself who tell tell. People, you got to be this perfect version of it. You should be Definitely. sharing anything that's negative or anything bad happens to you. Don't share that. No one wants to hear. But if you think about it, like all of us are human beings. We make mistakes. We do all these other things that are not perfect. And then we will find somebody, another human being, whether we're a family member or friend or whatever, who has made the mistake and has the courage mm -hmm. to go out there. I did it. And in their mind, you up just went up like 20 notches in terms of respect and power and the courageous. And they, everybody just like looks at you different point of view. Now you are like this author, this expert. You're like, oh my God, like, wow, this dude actually has the courage to do that. I wish I could be like you. <laughs> had that ever had that happened to you yet? All the time, man. And it, it makes us worth it because, you know, you know, from running a podcast and doing all the work that you and I are both doing, we're not rolling in it. Right. We're not getting rich. We're not we're not driving the fanciest cars. We do this because we love it. And and, you know, with my work, with public speaking, with coaching, I do this. I'm not I mean, I'm not making I'm not rolling in it. Right. You can see it. Your 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 watchers here. Your listeners can't see this, but I'm in a closet. My wife's ratty down is right here behind me because this is what I'm doing. I'm not in some, you know, fancy space. I do this because it makes a real difference. I do this because of that impact you were just saying. You know, I'm so glad you brought that up in the class that you are. People who are listening to this on a, on an audio version, right? definitely check out the YouTube video. You're going to be like, oh my God, like, wow. And then, you know, it's, it's funny because like when our, like for example, if our car breaks down, we go to this uh, shop, or it doesn't matter wherever a shop is, right? The guy is not the cleanest guy there is. Like he doesn't look like a supermodel, but the only thing that matters is can he fix your car? That's right. In that, in that retrospect, and anybody who wants to come to you, can you solve, help them problem? That's all anyone cares about. They don't care about what you look like, what yep. you're wearing, depending on what, what the niche is, whatever. <laughs> and as long as you can save their problem and then have a smile at the end, that's, that makes a huge difference. So, 100%. you know, that, that, that's something, yeah. So tell me that when you first started your own podcasting thing, right? Mm -hmm. When you finally decided, okay, I'm going to create a podcast about that and we're going to go at it. So how did you go about doing it? Just curious. Yeah, man. So I started my podcast in February. Uh, I did that because, like I said, I'm a public speaker and, you know, I started looking around in January, early February. I went, man, if this coronavirus is as bad as they say it's going to be, I can I can read the tea leaves. My public speaking is going to be over. And I was right, unfortunately. So I had a buddy of mine who's a comedian in, in Chicago, my best friend growing up, and he started a podcast and I said, man, look, if he can do it, <laughs> and I said this to him, I was like, if you can do this, I can do this. And so I started it then, and my goal, 
My only goal was to continue to have these conversations that I was starting on stage, that I was normally getting people to talk about these issues of mental health, of substance misuse and recovery and drug use in a big public setting. And then so my, I set the goal real low. I said every episode, if I can reach one person, it's worth it. And uh, luckily, I'm 30 episodes in this week, and I've been hitting that goal uh, since day one. And that's the most important thing to me. Oh, man, that is such an incredible, you know, um, like hats off to you. First of all, yeah. congratulations on finishing the 30 episodes. You thank know? you. Thank you. How does that make you feel when you first started, when you didn't think you were going to reach the first three <laughs> or whatever? I don't know if you ever felt that way or not. Oh, no, definitely. It was, I mean, like you and I were talking before the show, podcasting isn't easy. This is not like a lot of people start it. Not a lot of people keep going with it because it's, it's hard. It takes a lot of work. And I'll tell you what, this week, my episode number 30 uh, is former Congress member Katie Hill, which is the biggest get I've got so far. I mean, she and I had an amazing conversation. And to think if you would have told me back in late January, early February, I was kicking this idea around that by you know August, I was sitting down with with people who were serving in Congress. I would have been like, there's just there's just no way like I, I might be doing this thing, you know, reach a person or two. But and here I am. So, you know, it really it, it's an amazing accomplishment. And it makes me proud to see all my hard work come to fruition. But at the end of the day, you know, my wife told me earlier today that that her my mother-in-law, her mom was just mentioning how much she's loving the podcast and how much it's had an influence on her. That to me is just as big as getting, you know, to talk to this Congress member, you know, having somebody in my life that I care about tell me that I'm making a difference in their life through the podcast. That makes it all worth it. Definitely, man. Imagine, you know, uh, somebody else telling you like, that's great, you know, and then some uh, one of your friends or family member tells you yeah. that even takes it on another lot. So, Definitely. wow, that's cool, man. So you are doing great things, man. I, I should Thank be learning you. from you then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, look, this is it's awesome. That, like you are doing this for for people because, again, I, I really think that there's a misconception and, and I count myself as part of this. I didn't think it was going to be hard, but I didn't think I like, I was like, Oh, I can do this. It's not going to be no, no, no. Like podcasting takes work. And so I really think you educating on the art of podcasting is so important because we, we know this misconception that everybody's got a podcast and what it should be is that everybody starts a podcast, not that everybody has one because it's so hard to keep this stuff going. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because, like I said, anyone can start a podcast. After The thing is, if you can go beyond five episodes, then you're in it for long run. Because yeah. people give up after two episodes. Oh, nobody's downloading it. Oh, nobody's getting anything. Oh, I'm not getting the thing. Because everyone wants that instant gratification right away. Right. But the thing that people don't understand is like it's a hard, hard work. So tell me about this hard work that you have been doing <laughs> for your podcast. So let's start with the basic stuff like equipment. like. Yeah. When, what do you think, what would you recommend somebody who is just starting out? What equipment should they get? Super important. And, and, and I actually, so I was doing an interview earlier uh, yesterday where the, the person and I rescheduled because she's new into being interviewed. She does some amazing work around criminal justice. And we, we were during our first interview. She didn't sound very good. And I had to tell her, like, I'll be honest, like five minutes in, I was like, I'm really enjoying our conversation. I'm not going to be able to use this because you don't you, you aren't clear enough. And so we had a good conversation where she went out and bought a microphone. And, you know, she was saying, look, this is a big part of my job now being interviewed. I want to sound good. And so I was telling her, like, all the things that I wish someone had told me before I started. 
and that is, you know, there are two different types of microphones, as as you know, the dynamic and the um, what's the other one? The condenser. The, thank you. Now, I I got um, the Amazon Basic. My, your 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 you know people can see it's a, it's a it's a fine microphone. It does what it needs to do, but it picks up every sound in this room and that to your listeners and to your to your watchers is why i'm in a closet because i used to do this sitting at my desk and i sounded okay but you heard every noise in the neighborhood everything and now i'm sitting in a closet and as long as i can keep myself still enough and i'm not kicking things or whatever it sounds a hundred times better now would i get the the different microphone if i started maybe maybe not but I, I would have started in the closet instead of about 20 episodes in realizing I got to do something because, you know, my neighbor who's mowing his lawn three doors down, you're hearing it in my podcast with this microphone. It's, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. It's kind of like, I'm glad you could pick it up so it could be like two feet away. It still picks it up. But at the right. same time, I don't want you to pick it up 100 feet away, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. The same time. I went to the same process. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, believe it or not, because you're in a closet, that obviously you know this and people who may not know this. Uh, it's a good thing because a lot of people who go so into these professional uh, uh, podcast studios where they have this uh, sound sound minimizer where you don't hear much of the background music and uh, that much carpet or clothing that you have, it minimizes the mm-hmm. outside voice. So which is a great thing to do. For you, being in the closet, that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> and some yeah, people are like, took- no, it's not a good thing. It's not. Trust me, it's a good thing. But it took, I, I wish, where were you, you know, six months ago? I needed someone to tell me that. But but again, you know, to, to your watchers and your listeners who can't see it, that's why my wife's old robe is, is sitting here against the door. It's because all of these things, I'm surrounded by all of our clothes, and it helps, you know, cut down on that. And also takes away the echo, which is... You know, I, I every person who has a podcast has done that interview where they end up putting it out because the guest is so interesting. But it sounds like there's nine different voices because it's bouncing all over the place. And, you know, I, I had a really amazing guest uh, probably five or six episodes ago, and he was in his office with all of his diplomas on the wall and all that kind of stuff. And the noise was just all over the place. And, and I almost like I sat with it for like an hour. I was like, do I even put this out? Because it sounded so poor, but he was such a great guest. I was like, I'm going to do it anyway. And, and, you know, these are things you just don't know before you get involved unless you have a background in, in sound development or music or something like that. Yeah, which most people don't. Most so people, like, yeah, right. <laughs> I, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. I'm a baker. I'm a fitness professional. I don't know anything about, you know, the sound quality and things of nature. So, uh, all right. So I guess get the best possible mic that you can get. Uh, what would be the? What do you think would be a good reasonable amount? Obviously, it varies from person to person. But if an average person would spend what an hour, hundred dollars, two hundred fifty, or two fifty dollars. What? So you know, and, and another yes. I mean, I, I think a lot of it depends on what you're looking for in your pockets. If it's just you talking, you want to spend the most that you can budget because all that matters is your voice coming in clearly. Now I do mine over Zoom, and so as I didn't want to spend hundreds of dollars because at the end of the day, I will sound great, but my guests will sound what they're going to sound like. So I spent a total for my microphone and for my, um, I forget what this thing is called, the the little guard that you put on there. Yeah, there you go. And then also the little fuzzy thing on the microphone itself, a total 
spent about $75, $80. Um, and, and that was because I got the Amazon Basic, which is a plug-and-play. It, it doesn't go through a condenser or, or, a, or a mixer of any kind. Uh, and I'm using um, uh, what's the the app called? Uh, Audacity. I had to pull it up. And Audacity for for people who are listening is a great free software. Where as long as the sound quality coming in isn't awful, you can do some pretty good things cleaning it up in Audacity. So at the end of the day, I could spend that extra hundred dollars, but it, it wouldn't do enough for me to warrant spending it. Now, to be clear, I am considering upgrading everything now that I'm 30 episodes in and I'm loving doing this and I'm starting to get some advertisers and that kind of thing. That's the next step. But I, you know, unless you are, you've got that financial backing or you're coming in with a lot of money, I wouldn't recommend spending hundreds of dollars to get started because you, I mean, who knows, you may get 10 episodes in and decide this thing isn't working for me. Yeah, absolutely. Don't, don't, don't want to invest too much money. I would think yeah. if somebody who's just starting out, like, Hey, I love the podcast because, you know, I heard somebody else doing it, blah, blah, blah. Spend on average most if anything else 100 bucks get one of those usb microphone mm -hmm. which will just plug right into you whether you have mac or windows plug and play off you go which is a beautiful thing if you have a laptop you could literally take your laptop anywhere else plug that in and then off you go and that's that so yeah. have you said all that so we got the gear part in here you said mention about the audacity part recording it so the next phase would be like whether i should go solopreneur or a interview base or <laughs> which one solopreneur is like basically i'm just talking myself which one do you think is good yeah, you know, I think what's important is 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 how comfortable you are behind the mic. You know, we all know those people that the show is good, but the host is a little uncomfortable. They're not really feeling it. And in that right. case, you know, I listen to some podcasts that have four or five people on it, you know, sometimes even more through Zoom. And it's like, all right, I love the dynamic of all those people talking. If one person's having a tough day, you know, someone else is picking them up. But if you, like, I also have a podcast that I love where the dude is just with it. He knows what he wants to say every day. And it's a 10 minute podcast. And bringing somebody else in wouldn't add anything to that for him because he is so on it and he knows exactly what he wants to say. So it really comes down to what you're comfortable with. When I started, it was just me. For the first three or four episodes, I wanted to make sure that I was comfortable behind the mic before I brought anybody else in. And so my first guest didn't appear to my fifth episode because honestly, I didn't think it was fair to them if they were coming in and I was like, um, well, what should we talk about? Right. That's not fun for anybody. So I made sure that I knew exactly what I was doing. And then I started bringing guests in. All right, man. Then talk to me about your very first episode <laughs> that you recorded. How did that go? I don't mean like first episode where you actually went on air, like first episode that you actually <laughs> recorded and you heard it back. Talk to me about that. Oh man, it was awful. Uh, <laughs> I like, I like, don't want to go back and listen to it now because it, it's like now that I'm, you know, 30 episodes in, you know, I listen to that and I'm like, the sound quality is terrible. I don't know what I'm doing. This is not, this is not good. But you know, the most important thing was that 
I was just willing to, to learn. And so I probably recorded maybe double what actually went out because I was cutting stuff. And, you know, like I said, it was just me talking. And, and, and I actually, the first one I put out was my second episode because the first episode was two hours long. And I was like, this is not, this isn't going anywhere. <laughs> and so I never put it out. And the second one, I really found my rhythm. And that became my first episode that actually aired. Wow, that's a good that's a good speed where you know <laughs> second episode you aired it out and some people record like ten episodes and then they think about recording some more. So that's for you is working out pretty good. So all right. So I, I know people who are listening to it, they're thinking like that for your first episode, the very time you're gonna get in front of the mic and you're gonna start speaking and there's just amazing things gonna come out. That is not gonna happen. I can no. guarantee you, Jake can guarantee you that will never happen. Yep. You know, so it's kind of like you want to blur stuff out and then you want to say things that like what, 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 ums and ahs and all those things. Those are learning curves. So yep. whatever your first episode is, my advice is record it and let it put on the Internet because oh. that way you know where you started. <laughs> and then you go back 10 episodes and you go back to like, oh my God, it's horrible. Like you said, it was horrible. I think mine was horrible. So everybody okay. will think they're always horrible. But... People who are starting out and they listen to your very first episode, they're like, oh my God, I can relate to Jay mm -hmm. because I am in that position right now. I sound yep. horrible. But if he lets it out, he inspires me to continue. Yeah, that's such a great point. I, I, so weirdly enough, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts right before this, and they were mentioning that they were going back and re-editing all of their earlier podcasts because now that they've learned how to do audio editing, they can actually clean it up. And I think that's such a – they could have just done that and not said it, but instead they were telling people like, yo, we're like 400 episodes in. We've learned so much don't just start and think you're going to be this good. Like we've been doing this for years now, you know? So I, I a hundred percent agree with you. I think a lot of people, like, like we were saying earlier, don't know how hard this is and think you can just pick up a microphone and start talking like you would every day. But it, your brain changes when you're behind the microphone, all of a sudden you're like, uh, like you get, you, you lock up because you're like, Oh, this is being recorded. Like this is real. And, and even the most professional people, like I said, I'm a public speaker. I've been doing this for a long time and I still locked up that first episode where I'm like, I honestly don't know what I'm going to talk about, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, so what do you think is the, the, the secret or the tip is to get over that particular mindset or fear? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head of just doing it. I mean, you can't, you can't learn, you can't develop if you, if you keep letting that stop you. Like, I, I really love your advice. Kind of just know you're going to be bad the first episode. Know it's not going to be good and be okay with that. And, and, you know, know that you're going to learn a long way. Like I said, it took me 20 episodes to realize I should probably be doing this in a better space. And now here I am sitting in a closet. So you will learn along the way. I would say that if I had reached out to this, you know, former Congress member episode one, she would have had a right to say no, you know, so, so take baby steps, you know, develop. And, and that's why my first guest episode five was someone that I, I knew would 
come on and talk with me. It didn't matter that it that I wasn't that developed. It didn't matter that I hadn't doing this that long. You know, she was somebody who I truly have a, a friendship with and she is a great person. And so she came on and that's helped keep, keep that ball rolling. And then more and more guests were willing to after they heard I had other guests. And so, you know, take it slow and, and make sure that first guest is someone that you can have a comfortable conversation with. Yeah, definitely, man. The best analogy I can give doesn't matter where you are in the world. Every one of us learned to ride a bike. And the first time we got on the bike, we just didn't want shoo like really good. We fell, we fell, and we fell, and we fell. Maybe the tenth or ninth time we finally got it and we started spinning. So yep. just like with that, if you take that analogy, that's if and apply it to life, just know you're gonna fail, 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 and then finally gonna succeed. Hundred percent. And I love that you said that because so often we as people, and this is not, this is a, a universal thing. We let that fear of failure stop us instead of just embracing it and going, all right, this one's going to suck and I'm just going to do it. I'm, I'm going to put it out there. And it, most of it is going back to my story. We have this idea. We have these preconceived ideas that we're going to be judged, that people are going to laugh at us. That they may. And at the end of the day, if they do, who cares? You know, like the people laughing or the people on the sidelines who aren't actually doing stuff. You're out there. You're you're following your dreams. You're trying to make these things work. If they're laughing at you, look at them and say, well, you try. You go ahead and try this and we'll see what happens. Guarantee you they're not going to do it. And if they do, they're going to be just as bad at you as you are from the beginning. I love that you say that. And I just want to piggyback on that a little bit because I'm into the whole personal development myself. And I love, love, love how the human mind works. And I, I really am, I get excited about this. It's like, for example, when you were saying, when, like, for example, I put myself on a spot, right? So I, I think that other people are going to say X, Y, and Z, right? That's the story on the mindset that I have. But nine times out of 10, if I go ask those people, nobody's going to even think about that because they don't have the time or the day thinking about me and what I think about it. So now my mindset is unless somebody physically comes up to me and says it, I will not worry about it. 100%. And that's so I, I like that's so perfect. One of my, another friend of mine who does a podcast, he was saying on his not long ago, you know, uh, he was he was kind of doing this. He was airing some anxieties, and he said, you know, I know everybody's been thinking this about me, whatever. And I listened to it, and I called him afterwards, and I said, I'm one of your closest friends in the world, right? He said, yeah. And I was like, I've never once thought that about you at all. So I don't know who these people are that you think are thinking these things about you, but like I've known you forever. I've never once thought that thing about you. And, and I think that that's just such a, a perfect encapsulation of who we are as people that even our closest friends, we have these ideas about what they think of us and all this. And yet if we actually bother to ask them, they're going to be like, no, dude, I love you. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. If your friend's not going to care, I can yeah. guarantee you some total stranger not going to care at all whatsoever so if you just start parting up if you think about starting a podcast whether you're a business owner whether you're an entrepreneur whether you are a baker a pizza hut whatever it doesn't matter and you're in the position of like i want to start but i'm not really sure what people are going to think about it think about this knowledge nobody cares yeah <laughs> which is a beautiful which is a beautiful thing you know and then if you need some someone to tell you go do it me and jerry's telling you go do it create a damn podcast yeah 
<laughs> yeah, and and honestly, like I I've never heard a story of a podcast doing anything other than helping somebody's business, right? I mean, if you weren't gonna get that sale already, and then they heard you know your podcast, you probably weren't gonna get that sale. You know what I mean? Like it may turn off people who already weren't that interested, but the people who may already be a little interested are gonna be more interested after hearing you put in that work and talk about all the work you're doing. I personally have snagged a couple of opportunities from people who went, oh, I heard your podcast, would love to learn more. Boom, you know, business-wise, all worth it. And, and the wonderful, beautiful, and amazing thing about podcasts, I could tell about passion and the words that I use, I really, really, really love podcasting, is that it's, it's multi-purposes. Meaning, unlike your reading and your video, you have to stay at one place. With podcasts, you yeah. plug in your ear and you can literally do anything. You can cook, you can clean, you can go on a walk, you can work on anything, which is great. So, which means you have the ability to just listen to it anytime you want, you know? Definitely. So that's, that's, that's what I absolutely love about podcasting is because now I, I'm pretty big on working out. So I go for like, because of this whole pandemic thing, like gyms are closed. I can't go really go to the gym, but I go for a long walk. I'm talking like eight to eight to 12 miles. And I just put in my plug in, I plug in my ear, my, my headset and put on a podcast. I literally look for a podcast that's an hour and plus long because I want to have that stretch and I listen to two or three episodes. I'm good. So I learned something and I got my walk in. So works out great. Perfect. Yeah, my, my wife and I are, are going on a road trip here in uh, about a week, and I've been saving up like entire seasons of podcasts for that reason. Yeah, it works in that too, you know. So you could take your car as a university-owned vehicle, listen to podcasts, listen to Jay's podcast, listen to this podcast, you know, and then you can learn a few things, you know. If uh, my my belief is that if a one percent increment, if you can learn something, a new idea, a new thing every single day, by the end of the month, you're gonna be like three thousand percent better. And yep. your life in turns because of the ideas that you implant in your brain or you let in. It's going to change your life by having you think with better ideas to think of. So it's 100%. just Yep. I love that message. Yeah, definitely. So, all right. So we got the equipment. We got the fear out of the way. Now people are excited. They want to get their podcast in. So what's the next step, Jay? How do they go about creating content for their podcast? Well, you've got to have a message and clearly you're listening to two people who are very passionate about what they're doing. Right. And you know, I've been invited on, I don't know, 25, 30, 40 podcasts at this point. And that is universal, right? Nobody's doing this because, oh, this is kind of cool. Like people are doing this because they love what they're talking about. So whether it's sports, whether it's, you know, some kind of media, music, movies, whatever, whether it's like mine, that's meant all mental health. I mean, whatever the, the, the focus is, make sure you are passionate about it because then it doesn't become work. It's like, I love that I'm doing this. I love that I get to talk about these things that I care about. Yeah, definitely. And then if you don't know what the hell you're passionate about, this is the test you could take literally. And then yeah. you can validate whether you're passionate about this or not. The test is what I call as the midnight test. If I wake you up in the middle of the night and you are dreaming about, uh, you know, wonderful beaches on Bermuda, DR, Dominican Republic, and thinking about like, oh my God, I'm having a great time with my significant other, your friends, and drinking and all that stuff. That's what you're dreaming about. And I'm a wick, and I shake the hell you up. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, who the hell is this creep waking me up? <laughs> and after like 10 seconds in, and then I ask you a very specific question in about a field that you expert in or that you know a lot about it and you can answer that within 30 seconds 
that's what you're passionate about. And that's when you know you pass the midnight test. That's something you should be focusing on helping other people with. I love that. And, and so that is literally what choose your struggle means. You can see at the bottom of the screen, those listening, my brand is called choose your struggle. Essentially, it means this. When I was at my worst, when I was struggling with addiction, I didn't get to choose what I was passionate about, what I was going to struggle for every day. My choice was just to get off the couch and try to be a person. It was to avoid withdrawals. Like that was my life. But now that I'm in recovery, I get to choose again. And and it made me like it woke me up and, and made me realize that so many of us are going through life without making that choice, whether it's our circumstances or, or you know, we're following somebody else's dream. We all know those people. They may have gone to, you know, gone through and got their doctorate or or they went to med school because mom or dad or whoever said, oh, you got to be a doctor. But at the end of the day, if you're not passionate about it, man, we only get one of these as far as as we know, if you're not passionate about what you're doing, if you're not able to set that goal at the end of your day, at the end of the week, at the end of the month, it's going to be a slog. And now to be clear, that's not to say that everybody should be, you know, quit their, their day jobs and go after their, their passion, because, you know, as the old saying is, then we'd have no janitors, we'd have no whatever. But if it, if you, if that is your life, find something that makes it all worth it, right? If you're just getting up, going to work, coming home, going to sleep, like, at the end of the day, what are you waiting for, right? What are you, what is the goal of what you're trying to accomplish? If you're a parent who just wants to see their kid have more than they have, like, oh man, I feel that 100%. You, that's your purpose. That's your, that's your struggle, right? And so that's what I'm trying to, to teach people is that as long as you're chasing that dream, it doesn't have to be your dream. It's just a dream. Then it makes the whole thing worth it. Oh man, I got a really good question for you. Tell me, let's hear it. <laughs> uh, about when you just said, what are you waiting for? All the things that you have done and other people that you have helped, what has been the pattern that people wait for? Yeah, that's a great question. And I would say the number one thing is that they, they almost aren't aware that that's what's going on, right? Because it's really easy to fall into a rut or to fall into a pattern. You know, life is just sort of, as John Lennon loves to say, or used to say famously, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans, right? So we're out here trying to do something and we don't even realize that, oh, we've been following this thing forever and we're no closer to it. And in the meantime, our life is just going, right? So the, the thing that I see the most is people who are who are following some definition of success that isn't their own. And whether it's, you know, this, this societal definition of get the money, get the cars, get the big house, when at the end of the day, there are so many studies that show the people who chase that definition of success are no more happier. In fact, they've, they've set this that $75,000 is what they call the tipping point in the U.S., where once you hit that, it takes hundreds of thousands of dollars to make it you any more happier, that that's the happiness point you're going to be at. And that's a lot of money for a lot of people. I'm not saying it isn't, but I'm saying this idea that if we get the 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 Maseratis, the Benzes, we get the 10 you know bedroom mansions that we're going to be happier, literally the data shows us that is not true. Like that is the farthest thing from the truth. You just have new problems. So at the end of the day, 
follow what's going to make you happy. And like you were saying about the podcast, if you're not sure what that is, what can you talk about until the end of the day? If you someone puts the a gun to your head and is like, teach me something, whatever that's coming out, that's your passion. Just follow that. Man, I got another good question for you. And this is just from my own personal curiosity. And I'm going to scale it down rather than Maserati and then vacation and things of that nature, right? So let's just say hypothetically, when you were in the market of buying a TV, a brand new TV, that you were like, oh my God, I need to have that damn TV. It is so cool. Have all this features and things of that nature. And then after you got it, uh, two days later, how did you feel? Well, I can tell you that the answer is always you. The, the, the moment that you feel the happiest is the moment you're buying it. After that, it's just downhill because nothing is as good as we dream it to be, right? You get that TV and, yeah, those features are awesome, but then you look at your credit card statement. <laughs> Oh, yeah, if you look at the credit card statement, or for example, if you fully paid for it, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, the TV is paid for and you have it. And then after you get it, then it's kind of like it becomes the normal. It's no right. normal the exactly. case. Exactly. Yeah, and there is a lot of psychological evidence of this. In fact, I just finished this class about the the science of happiness, where it basically shows us that unfortunately, and this is kind of a bad thing when it's when it's happiness and a really good thing when it's unhappiness, our brains have the ability to normalize pretty much anything. And and when it's a really bad thing, that's an amazing plus because it means we can persevere. We as humans are literally built to persevere, which is incredible. But when it's a good thing, it means that that thing that makes you crazy happy today six months from now it's not gonna make you that happy and so that's why you hear this saying all the time of remember when you wish for the things that you already have because it's like remember how happy you were thinking you were gonna be and how happy you were when you first got it and try to to keep yourself grounded and keep yourself focused in that feeling instead of immediately chasing the next thing. And that's why a lot of what I teach people is around the ideas of mindfulness, because if you can, if you can be aware of that, right, it's like a way of sort of resetting the clock a little bit and being super thankful and grateful that you have these things that one day you used to think were, were going to make you happier than you ever imagined. And you did, did for a little bit, but then you started to get normal. Yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head when you said about like, you know, money doesn't matter how much you have. You're, it's not the thing that you want at the end of the day. What I feel like is like, and I try to tell other people about it, is like your end goal is not what's going to make you happy or build you to wherever you are. It's your journey towards it. And I'll circle back around to the whole podcasting thing, right? Where somebody was like, hey, if I could just get like 50 episodes in, I'll be great. Or if I could get this one person in from an interview, that would be great. And then great and great and great, whatever. So whatever your access, let's say you are at level zero, for example, and you want to get to level 10. The journey to level 10, that's something I feel you should enjoy every single step of the way yep. because that's what's going to make you the person that you will be by the time you get to level 10. Because, for example, right. the Bill Gates or the person, they started at level zero. Every single one who is successful right now, they started at level zero, but you don't know about it. But the thing that I feel like 
they got to where they are now because they never stopped. They always look forward to the journey towards the end result. Not the end result itself because you may think going from level 0 to level 10 is a straight shot. You may think, but it's never the case because you're going to have gazillions problems in between. You may have to go left and then back, and then right, and then ten, two steps forward and back, and you know, all these turns. But all those different things, it's going to help you create the mindset and the habits along with it that's going to help you move forward. If you stop at level, let's say you get to level two, and you're like, oh my God, that's too much work, I'm not doing it, you're never going to move forward. That's right. Yeah, 100%. And it, you know, it boils down to this idea that we are in love with this idea of the overnight you know, success. And in reality, that is not a thing ever because you don't see everything they did for the last 20 years to be to this point where overnight they become the Kevin Hart or whatever of the world. Kevin Hart was out there on the road for like 15 years before he became Kevin Hart, you know, but nobody sees that, right? And so all of a sudden he's just everywhere. They're like, oh, overnight success. No, no, no. No, it's not overnight to him. He knows where he's been. Right. And then, you know, speaking of, you know, being everywhere else, whatever, us podcasts or you, myself, and anybody else is doing it, wherever level we currently are, it's like we enjoy it. That's why we want to do it. And then another way, you know, uh, I'll get back to that by creating, you know, a listenership and everything else later on. Just I want to hit that content creation part of it. So let's say if... I am brand new podcaster and I want to do the whole solopreneur route. What advice would you give me to create content for my podcast? Yeah, so I, I love your midnight test. I think you have to start there because we all know, like me personally, I am a huge Boston Celtics fan, just ginormous Boston Celtics basketball fan, right? But I'm not an expert on Boston Celtics. I love them. I've got five jerseys hanging here next to me. I listen to a Boston Celtics podcast every day, but that's the expert, right? And so differentiating between a thing that you love and a thing that you can be an expert on all the time is important. You know, if I had tried to start a Boston Celtics podcast, I would have got a couple episodes in and then I would be like, man, I don't want to hear this. It's just me gushing on the players I like, right? That's not interesting. But but what's important is where are you the expert? What is it that you can talk about in a way that nobody else can? And for me, that was issues of mental health and substance misuse as a person who has lived through that. And I knew that I was coming from a place of being the expert because I have lived experience. I have five plus years of actual you know, studying experience, and I have relationships with other experts that I could bring in. And so for me, that was very easy. But, uh, you know, that was was sort of a, a slam dunk for me, because I knew that right away. But think about that, you know, those of you listening, maybe thinking about starting a podcast, what are you passionate about? What are you knowledgeable about? But also, what do you have the the sort of expert level availability of? Okay. That's a great advice. If people, whatever your expertise are, yeah, you heard it from Jay. <laughs> Go do that. <laughs> you will have at least twenty episodes of worth of content, and you know. And then once you're creating a content, uh, I, I promise you, if you do this, you will feel motivated, and you will feel less stressed. Pick a topic or whatever topic you want to create on. 
And let's say for the first episode, obviously every episode is uh, your first episode is going to be introduction. What are you about? What are you going to help with people? And then how can how often can they expect the content to be delivered, right? And then sec- second episode, whatever topic you want to pick. So do this for two weekends on Saturday afternoon or whatever day you have. Spend like good uh, four hours. Batch it. Record it. First one, obviously, it's going to be 10 minutes. Next one, 20 minutes. Third one, whatever. Because what happens is if you do it that way, your thought process is going to flow naturally. Then you'll be like, oh, my God, I can't believe I said that. I didn't even think about it before. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, 100%. And I love that advice. And I wish, you know, I started out by just putting some episodes out. And I wish I would have batched them. And and that's the number one piece of advice that I can give to someone that I didn't have because I didn't do my research before I really started this. Batch your episodes before you begin. Have five, six, seven, so you can get those out there, drop them, and then keep going because then people will be like, oh man, like this dude knows what he's doing. He's really got the ball rolling. Right. And then you don't have to worry. Then once you got them, let's say 10 episodes in, then you're good for the whole month or depending on often you release it. You know, if you release it, let's say once a week for the next 10 weeks, you're good. You can go on vacation and people will listen to your episode. My God, this dude doesn't take a day off. He's spending time and recording these things for I love it. You know, so batching is definitely one of the probably the most secret tip that I can give you and Jay can give you about that as well. That helps you save time, and then also you will stay motivated as well, to continue to move forward. As compared yeah. to, I don't know if you ever did this, Jay, but I did it, where every week I don't crap, and I got to release an episode, and I got to record it. I don't know what I'm doing. How do I come up with a topic? Like, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah, I'm really lucky because I decided to do the interview-style podcast. Okay. And, and for those of you who are thinking about doing it, if you're like, oh, I don't know where I'll find people – it's super easy once you get going. People will learn about your podcast. There are websites where you can find other guests. I mean, social media helps a lot. But once you get that going, I haven't had to go really begging people for months now because people reach out to me. And now that I have credibility, my podcast has grown to a point where people know about it. Like I said, I didn't have to really like pitch this former Congress member who's coming, who came on my show, I sent her a DM and I was like, Hey, you know, this is Jay with the choose your struggle podcast. I would love to talk about this. She was like, I'm down. When do you want to record? So it really, the ball can get going. And once you get that ball rolling, it gets so much easier. Oh yeah, man. I totally agree with it. And then those of you who are just starting out and, or maybe into the five or six episode in it, trust me, just go ask and people will say yes. It's that simple. I love that. And, and I have never been said no to like people love talking. If, if, if you're passionate about it and you show someone you're passionate about it and that's their wheelhouse, they're going to be down. And, and my sixth episode or seventh episode somewhere in there was with an author that I never thought I would get. In fact, I even sent her a message that was super passive. Like, Hey, if you're free, if you have some time to talk and she was like, yeah, great. When can we record? And I was like, Oh my God. You know, I've never been said no to people love talking about if they still have seen you passionate and if you reach out to the right people they're going to want to talk oh yeah man and i want just want to circle back around to the kevin hart story where you were saying that you who's been on this place this place this place this place until it became successful and that's how other people are the other expert industry leaders who we want to be on the show so they could be on my show today they could be your show today and then they could be somebody else's show and then they become the kevin hart so, but they have to go to these small steps 
you know, right. just like we as a podcaster, we're going to the step getting to these people. So we are helping one another to become this version of Kevin Hart's. You know? 100%. And, and I want to say that I love that that most of us in this community buy into that because the people that don't, it's super, it's just a little awkward. Like I've had people, I've literally shown up to record an episode and they're like, oh, and real quick before we begin, uh, it's $55 to record. Would you mind paying me now? And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I will talk to you later. It's like, if you're, if you're trying to get people to pay to be on your show, like, that's just advertising and that's cool too. Like that's the, if that's the goal of your podcast, just to be an advertisement, but know that you're only going to get those people who are just trying to pitch something and it's not going to be a great conversation. The people aren't really going to be there to help educate your listeners. They're just going to want to pitch their product and get out. So, you know, if that's your thing, do it, go get paid. I can't fault you on that. Go get paid. But at the same time, that's not really what 90, 95% of us are doing in this space. We're trying to get our messages out. We're trying to help other people get their messages out. And it's a great community. Oh, man, I'm glad. I'm so glad you brought that up because that happened to me one time. And I was really nice about the dude. He pitched to me like, hey, you want to get on my show? I'm like, sure. And then soon as we before we got recorded then he gave me the spiel for 10 minutes i didn't know it was coming and then i was like hey okay fine and then he's like hey it's just a small time investment only 500 dollars." and i was like okay i mean i wouldn't mind doing it depending on your show but had i known that before going in there like that would be a different uh, mindset before going there if you were like hey by the way there's an investment i'm like sure no problem let's do it but at the last minute just what we were about to record then you're going to tell me that's just i think it's just not very professional way to do it 100 percent. and i'll tell you what the five i think this has happened to me around five times four of the five they've been up front they've been like hey i want you on the show great How, you know what are we what are we talking and then in their introductory thing and by the way it costs this much hey you know i don't pay but I don't fault you for that. Go do your thing, all the love, whatever. But that fifth time I'm with you, that's the one I got angry about because we were here. We were already getting ready to chat. And he was like, oh, by the way, real quick, I got to get you to pay. And I was like, oh, no, 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 hold up. That's not how this works. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm with you, man. If that's your thing, say that up front and go go get your money. I don't, I don't fault you for that. But don't trick somebody who's trying to do this for the right reasons into coming on your show and then slyly being like, oh, by the way, you owe me this money now right you know i mean i understand everybody got to make money and things of that nature and things like that whatever and if you are a kind of podcaster like hey i'm spending x amount of dollars i want to get something out of it you know there's a, a better nicer way to do it another yeah. way to do it would be like hey let's record this interview and Let's see how it goes. And if it goes really well, and at the end of the interview, hey, just want to show it out. I appreciate you, your time, and you are no obligation whatsoever to do anything. But if you would like to, here's a link to donate. 100%. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Donate. And in fact, the one time I did pay, the person did it like that. And then they were like, hey, if you want, you know, I really love talking to you. You know, uh, if you want, you want to, uh, here's a link. And if you donate, I will promote your your you on a different episode. I was like happy to. You know, this was a great conversation, and you want to help promote my show. I'm I will more than happy to pay you for that. Yeah, definitely. You know, and speaking of promotion, what tips or things you can share that other people can use that has been working for your podcast? 
Definitely. So a couple things real quick. There are some places where you don't even have to pitch them. You can, they will quote unquote sponsor your show without it really being a lot of work, right? I'm on Anchor. I do my podcast on Anchor. Anchor is a, a podcasting platform that will pay you from day one to host your podcast on Anchor. So you have to read their, their ad before every show and they put stuff in the show notes and all that kind of stuff. That's fine with me. You know, it's not a lot of money, but that pays me a little bit for every episode. Uh, Audible is another one. You hear Audible on like every show. It's because you just, you fill out a form, you submit to them, you tell them about your podcast and they send you a link. You put it in your show notes, you read the ad on the air, done. And it's not going to make you a lot of money. Yeah, that's Audible's the secret, right? It's not going to make you a lot of money because it, it 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 depends on people signing up through your link. It's basically a partnership, right? But if people do that, you're making some money for the podcast. And all it takes you is a 45-second ad read. So that one I definitely recommend to everybody. The, the final one I'll say is you just pitch. You know, yes, some of these huge shows, they get people to come to them. And, you know, one of my favorite shows is the is the the Scrubs podcast, Fake Doctors, Real Friends, a huge Scrubs fan, Zach Braff and Donald Faison. They're making a lot of money off their podcast. You and me, we're not them. We're not going to get all the big sponsors coming to us, begging us to, to read their stuff on air. So what I do is I just send emails. I'm like, hey, you know, I this is my podcast. Here's my one pager, which, by the way, I made a one pager very easy to do was just with some of your stats a little bit about your show and pitch that to these people and also check out other podcasts see who's sponsoring them find one that's in your in your niche so if i'm mental health go listen to some other uh mental health podcasts that haven't been around that long find out who's sponsoring them and send some emails and i've gotten a couple sponsors that way oh okay that's pretty good man i didn't know about the audible part of it but just a question if you don't read the damn audible text and you still put the link you stake money you stake make money <laughs> you can but nobody knows it's there unless they're going to your show notes and some people will go to your show notes but for me i've found that people don't know unless you say it on the podcast so like i'm doing a survey right now on my podcast because i want to learn more about my listeners in the sure. first week as a test i didn't i didn't mention it and i got zero responses and ah, then I was like, hey, guys, by the way, in the show notes, there's a, there's a link to a podcast survey. Would love for you to fill it out. And I got I got responses that week. So you, it really took me saying, you got to go look at this. You know what? Send me your Audible link. I'll put in the show notes. So anybody who's listening to it, check out Jay's Audible <laughs> link and then check that out. And let me know if that works for you. <laughs> I will 100%. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, definitely, man. All right, cool. So we got the promotion part of it and everything else. And I was going to go into sponsorship, but you already mentioned that. And then is there another way that, well, let me share where that I know how other people are making money. It's like when we talk about donation part of it, like your listeners are listeners and listeners are the one who are going to make or break you. If your listenership is increasing, one of the ways that I know, and I know a lady who does this, making $2,000 a month, literally she asked for a people who listen to share. There's a link in the show notes. Go check it out, and then you could donate to your my podcast, so that way I continue doing that. That's another way to do that. And a more profitable way would be do like, hey, uh, do the lead magnet email list bin and things of that nature. It's like, go check out my, uh, sign up for my email list, or, you know, and then that way they can get into your sales funnel, things of that nature. And then, then obviously, the ultimate way would be your digital products. Whatever things you got going on, create a damn digital product. If you don't know how to create a digital product, 
then I have a, sh uh, a course coming up soon, but I will not go into that. So things like that, what I just said, you create a small teasers and the people are like, oh my God, Mark has a digital show coming out. I love what he does. Or Jay has a digital course coming out. And Jay mentioned that on episode one and then Jay mentioned it in episode three and then five and six and so on and so forth. So what that does is like a product launch kind of thing. So yeah. small snippets of where people are like, oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then one episode, let's say episode 11, all you talk about is that damn digital product yeah. and then people go get it you know that's how you just 100 and, and and you just hit this nail on the head that you have to have something right and you know for me i have a patreon that's that's it i don't make a lot of money off it i just started about a month ago but for me the number one thing is my speaking right i'm still doing some virtual speaking and i'm looking ahead to next year when hopefully we'll be back in person at some point so for me that's the goal is trying to find people who are going to be looking for public speakers because i make you know i do coaching as well but i make more with one speech than i do with 10 clients and i do that on purpose because the goal of the coaching is not to make money. The goal is to help people. And the goal is also to help people with the speaking, but people pay way more for, for public speaking. So my goal, and I always try to mention, you know, if you're looking for speakers, here's a way to contact me, that kind of thing. But I also mix in, hey, if you're looking, you know, if you want to support the podcast, here's the Patreon link, you know, go check out Audible. Uh, if you are looking for coaching, I do that as well. So I'm mixing it up. And every week I'm sort of mentioning something different. Can I ask you a personal question? You don't have to answer if you don't want to. Let's say hypothetically speaking, if you were creating a digital course for speakers, mm -hmm. how would you go about doing it in terms of content? Just like not to go too much deep into it, just like summary version of it. I'm just curious. Yeah, man, that's a great question. And I'll tell you this, I have, uh, because I've only been doing, I mean, I've been speaking for five years, but it's been my job for about a year and a half now, a year before COVID. Like I was only a year into this and then COVID erased the public speaking market. And so many public speakers, their first thing they did, right, was I was going to, I'm going to create a way to teach people how to public speak. Sure. And most of it was crap. Most of it was just not good because a lot of these people, they weren't coming at it for the right reasons. They were coming at it to, because they were scared that the public speaking market may be, you know, taking a dip. I got to find a way to make money. And so I didn't sign up for any of them because a lot of them, they kept promising a lot of like one dude who I really respected did a free course and the free course taught you nothing except how to sign up for the paid course. And I was like, oh man, I'm not, I'm not feeling that, you know? So me, I pivoted the same time they did to making a podcast, right? I'm not doing this for money. I'm doing this because I truly want my message to get out there. And I've been super lucky in that respect that this podcast has helped me pick up some speaking opportunities. But even if it didn't, I would feel fulfilled because my goal was just to get the message out there. So if I was starting a course, that would be the number one thing is always remember your why. If you're looking to make money, man, you better go get a nine to five job because it's way easier. If you are truly caring about your message, you will find a way to get it out there. One of my buddies, the comedian friend I was talking about before, he realized he couldn't be doing stand-up comedy anymore because no one's going to a comedy club. He started a Twitch stream and now he gets to engage with people and he hosts comedy shows on his Twitch. And so those are the people that find success is the ones that pivot because they truly care about what they're doing, not because they're trying to find a way to make some money. 
what the hell i have heard of twitch and i am i am not trying to sound silly but what in the world is a twitch dude i'm with you i don't ever i'll be on twitch in three hours because one of my brothers hosts a show on twitch as well uh, i only ever go on it for those two people one of my brothers who hosts a it's called a, a it's science it's a it's a science the show it's a comedy okay. and science show and then my other buddy spark hosts his, uh, his comedy on on twitch but essentially it's mostly video games. It's mostly people watching other people play video games with some content as well. So, you know, I don't, I, I like video games. I, I was just playing MLB the show not long ago. I love, you know, baseball, but at the same time, I'm not going to watch somebody play video games. What I will do is support those people I care about, even if it, you know, costs me a little bit of money because I love the product they're making. Oh, I see. Because I've heard about it. I have YouTube it. Um, other people talking about it. I'm like, I don't see the point, but maybe I'm just naive. I don't know. No, dude, I'm with you. It Look, if if it makes you happy to watch someone play video games, go do it. I love it. Get Do what makes you happy. I I don't feel it. That's not that's that's not for me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I, I closest thing I related to was like going live on Facebook or YouTube. That's what I I understood to be. I don't know if that's right or not, but that's it's my not, perception. No, you're you're not wrong. It's it's very similar. It's is it's as if you were constantly live. The only thing you could do was live, but most people are live while they're playing video games. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right, man. Let's talk about the last thing. Well, second to the last thing, I guess. We'll see how this conversation goes. So far, it's been great. I love it. And you know, almost what hour? Almost an hour in. It's like wow. I feel like only ten minutes. Like what? <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. And uh, you know, at the end of the look, I love talking to you. But at the end of the day, if one person gets something out of this, then you and I, we've done our job. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, so what software do you recommend people? record their podcast on if they're doing the interview route not the sole but a solopreneur they could just open up audacity which is a free version they have the i think mac version as well as the pc i think and just open that up record it and that's that and then if you don't like that there's plenty one out there that are free as well but for people who are doing the interview base which one do you recommend man it's tough i use zoom because i find it to be the easiest uh a lot of people use Skype. I like this platform you're using. This seems pretty great. The reason I use Zoom is that uh, I know what I'm doing with it, and the other side can also record. And I've had some circumstances where I've asked the people I'm interviewing, hey, would you mind recording your end of this because our internet doesn't seem to be too stable? And if we both record and you then send me what you've recorded, it's a guarantee that we're going to sound way better than if we're just relying on me to record. So like, like I've been saying with this huge interview that I have coming out this week with the former Congress member, uh, I asked her if she wouldn't mind and she, you know, she has an assistant. So the assistant was like, hey, I'll take care of it because I didn't want to want to run the risk that if my internet faltered, I might not get her as clearly. And I'm so glad I did that because not a minute into our interview, my entire neighborhood lost power after a transformer exploded. And so I grabbed my Verizon and, and used my Verizon hotspot and we got the interview in, but obviously I sound not great because I'm on a really bad internet. She sounds just fine. And so if I hadn't had her do that, the interview would not have been great. So I'm really thankful for Zoom in that respect. Oh, man, that's a, such a great topic. And also, thank you so much for sharing it because I didn't know 
both end of the Zoom, the person who is recording or interviewing and being interviewed can record at the same time. Yeah. I thought the person who is hosting, the, I guess, the meeting is the only one who can record it. I you have to that. give them permission. You're not wrong. And, and, and as the host, you have to let the person record as well. Uh, and they have to know what they're doing. Let's be honest. Not everybody, not everybody knows what they're doing. So you have to help coach them a little bit. But if the person's okay with it, and I've had someone go, "Oh man, I don't know if I know how to do that," and I'm like, "Don't worry about it. It's all good. We'll we'll still we'll still chat." But but if I can get the person to do it, it makes a big difference. Okay, and and carry on with this conversation with the interview. Is there a way or process that you prep your interview, meaning you get ready for your interviews? That way you make sure you get the best content out of the person. Yeah, I'm really glad you asked that. So I didn't used to do that. In fact, early on, if someone wanted to be on my show, you know, I was starting out. I'm like, yeah, let's do it, right? Uh, now, I'm if I don't know them personally or if I haven't seen them speak somewhere else, I make us get on a 15-minute chat first because I don't want to run the risk that they may be really knowledgeable, but they may be boring as hell. And I've had that happen where I interviewed someone and the person really knew their stuff, but they didn't know how to be interviewed. And they were all over the place and, and it just wasn't good and I couldn't put it out. So I don't want to run that risk again. And I'd rather take 10 to 15 minutes to talk to the person first and then you know, go ahead with the interview because uh, that was a bad day when I realized I couldn't put out that interview. Yeah, trust me. I know all the time and, and, and the thoughtfulness, I guess is the better way to put it. You go and ask that person questions, you know, and then you try to get that information out of it. And then it's like, you spend whatever, 30 minutes plus hour, whatever. And then you're like, oh man, all that time spent, I can't really use it. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's partly their fault. It's partly yours as the host, right? I mean, I've learned a lot about how to be a good host and, and how to make a person feel comfortable. This was months and months ago, and I didn't really know what I was doing as much yet. Right. And so they weren't good, and I wasn't good at getting them, getting the information out of them. And it was kind of a perfect storm of, of suck. So uh, we've gotten, I've gotten a lot better, and I've also gotten a lot better at screening people to make sure they're not just going to try to pitch something and that we can actually have a good conversation. So how do you become a great host? Just curious. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what, in my opinion, it takes empathy. It, it takes understanding, right? I mean, it's one thing. Uh, so I'm a really big fan of Terry Gross. That's who I think does this really well. For those listeners who don't know, you know, she hosts the show Fresh Air on NPR. Um, it, it's, it's, in my opinion, the best interview radio show out there. And she has an ability to connect with people even if they're just chatting like you and I are over over the internet, where she can really, you you hear her that she feels for these people when they have really hard stories. She laughs along with them when they're telling funny stories. This isn't just a typical, you know, one-sided, okay, so tell me what happened next, because that's not fun for anybody. If you can get invested in what your people are saying, you know, there have been shows, I'll be honest, I come in with like 10 or so questions, there have been shows where I've even gotten to the first one because the, I've enjoyed talking to that person so much where the hour is over and I'm like, oh, wow, we didn't get to anything that I said. Why don't we book you again for a second episode so we can actually talk about those things? Not that that interview wasn't good. In fact, it's usually very good, but, right. but it's just because we developed a great relationship. So you have to get invested with the person. 
Yeah, man, that's a great point as well. And then the, to help you get invested with the person, if you're starting out or if you're doing this for a while, definitely, definitely highly, highly recommend it. Do a video call or video interview. Reason being because when are you talking, you can see other person and you can see how they react. If they don't like a certain question, you get to see it. As compared to, I've been in some interviews where it was all audio. I'm like, I'm hoping I'm the person. What I'm saying is liking what I'm saying. I don't know for sure, but you know, the, but definitely highly, highly recommend do the video interview so that way you get to see what the other person's doing. So you can literally tailor your question and get a really good content out of it. Man, I'm so glad you said that, Mark. I've been on so many interviews, a couple of them on the phone, and one in particular, I told, you know, I have a couple of canned punchlines that I, I give whenever I'm telling my story because my story is heavy, right? I mean, I survived a couple suicide attempts and an overdose, and so I like to mix in some jokes. And one time I mixed, I, I gave them the joke I always give, and I laugh because I, I always do, and I tell it, and there were crickets on the other end, and I, it knocked me off my game. I was like, oh, shit, you know? But I couldn't see them, so I didn't know, are they not laughing because they're, like, mortified? Are they not laughing because they weren't listening? What's going on? And it, it completely got me off my game. And so he asked the next question and like, I wasn't even ready for it. I was like, I was in my head. I was like, why aren't, why aren't they laughing? You know? So I'm with you. I hate phone interviews. I really prefer being able to see the person. Yeah, man. If you like listen to this, like Jay and I agree. If somebody asks you to be on an interview and if they do for an interview, don't do it. <laughs> Just don't do it. Literally, because when you're done with it, maybe you may feel that way. Maybe you will not. You will feel this so awkwardness. Like you felt it. I felt it. You know, other people who, who have done it in the past, they have felt it too. Just you don't want to feel that. Because this podcasting thing is this wonderful, amazing flower that you don't want to tarnish. You know, <laughs> that's what I feel. So I'm with you, man. And and also, let's be honest, the sound quality is way worse too. You know, when you do it over the phone, the sound quality is not nearly as good. You know, I, you and I both have professional microphones. You can't really do that when you're, you're on the phone. You know, we, we can both use our microphones and our, and our earphones, but it's not the same. And so I def, I'm with you. I don't love, if so, if I agree to do an interview and they're like, all right, I'll call you here. I'm like, oh, can we do it over Zoom or something? Like, I will do a phone interview as a last resort, but I'll try to get them to agree to do it on the on the computer first because I need to be able to see the person. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you and I were like this, man. We're on the same level. <laughs> so to, 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 totally get it, man. So, all right. So towards the end of the show, I always like to play this little, little two-cushion game, and I think you might appreciate it. All right. Wherever you are right now in your life, if the younger version of yourself asks you a question, let's say younger version is 23. I don't know, just picking a number, right? Wherever you are in your life now, everything that you know right now, what advice would you give that person to get to where you are a lot faster? Man, well, I'll tell you what, you didn't know this, but 23 was the age where everything fell to shit around me. That's the age that I attempted suicide. It's the age I overdosed. That's the age that I, you know, got locked in the, the long-term care facility. So 23, J is the lowest at the, the low. Um, I'll tell you this, man, if I could give myself one piece of advice back then, it would be trust yourself. You know, I learned this whole choose your struggle idea the hard way. And it was because... 
I wasn't pushing back when I was misdiagnosed, uh, having a, a serious issue of mental health that I didn't have. And then I got addicted to those medications and my life could have ended right there without me ever saying to this, this therapist, are you sure? Is it possible that this is just a different, you know, whatever? I didn't trust myself. I trusted other people. And if I could tell that person, you are going to get through this. And the way you're going to get through it is at the end of the, of the end of the year, this was 2009, finally saying, I know what's best for me. That's how you're going to succeed. Man, I wish someone would have told me that months and months earlier, but you know, I had to get there the hard way. So trust yourself. That would have been number one for me. All right, there you have it. You heard it from the main man, Jay. Trust <laughs> yourself. Trust your gut feeling. Yeah. Whatever that is, follow it towards the end because it will guide you the right way. Definitely. All right. All right. The part two. Whatever you know right now, and you want to move two years in the future, wherever you are, it doesn't matter whatever age group you are. What can you do to get there faster? Man, I'll tell you what, at the end of the day, the number one thing, and I've said this on a lot of, of interviews, there is no secret to success, right? I literally had someone ask me that. What is the secret? You know, they said, you're doing all this amazing stuff. What's the secret to your success? I said, there's no secret. I said, look, you know, I'm a Cincinnati guy, right? I'm a big Cincinnati Reds fan. Pete Rose is a horrible human being, but he taught us all <laughs> one important thing. He wasn't the biggest, he wasn't the fastest, he wasn't the strongest, he wasn't the most athletic. He just outworked everybody. He went in and put the time in. He used the skills he had, right? I mean, he still was a very good athlete. You can't make it to the major leagues without being a good athlete. But he used those skills and turned into one of the greatest players of all time by working his ass off. So that's my number one. I may not be the best, but I'm going to outwork everyone you know you and i are it's i'm on the east coast it's 6 30 here i have another thing later tonight and and i do that because i truly believe in this message i truly believe that i am doing a good thing that is helping people and when you have that idea it's super easy to put the time in because you know you're having the impact so just work just put the work in there you have it man trust yourself Trust your gut feeling and put in the damn work. Those are the three secrets. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's it, man. If you learn, anyone who is listening to this, just do those three things. Or hell, you could just do two things. Trust yourself, put in the work, and you're good. Yep. You heard it from the two successful people who have who are ahead of in life where you are, but definitely do that. So, all right, man. Last but not least, now, this is the part of the show where I give you the floor to share anything you want, any website, how people can get in touch with you, or how can you help other people, which way, and things of that nature. Whatever you want, the floor is all yours. Well, I appreciate that. And every time I speak, whether it's speaking publicly or I'm interviewed or whatever, I have the same message at the end of the day, and that is number one, reach out 100% reach out to me, reach out to Mark. If you are struggling, if you are struggling, you do not have to struggle alone. The days of being silent on the issues of mental health and substance misuse are over because we are deciding that they're over. We will not let that shame that other people want to put on us be on us anymore. There is somebody in your life, like I said, whether it's one of us or somebody that you care, that you know cares about you, that will 
sit with you today and we'll work with you tomorrow. As we say in this industry, we would rather spend two hours talking to you today than two hours at your funeral tomorrow. Reach out. Do not suffer in silence. Help is out there if you look for it. If you want to reach out to me, you know, if you need someone to talk to, you can find me at the website that is on the screen. For those listening, it's jshiffman.com, J-A-Y-S-H-I-F-M-A-N.com. You can find me on social media everywhere at either jshiffman or at my company, Choose Your Struggle. And you can find the Choose Your Struggle podcast everywhere you get your podcasts. All right, Jay, man. Thank you so much for being here, spending more than an hour of your busy, busy schedule. I truly appreciate it. Everybody who's listening there truly appreciate it as well. And I will definitely put all your links, including your Audible link in the show notes as well. So people can check it out and then, you know, you get some value out of it. So thank you for being here. All right. This was a lot of fun, man. I do a lot of these and, and I don't usually have as many laughs as this. So Mark, I really appreciate it. Cool, man.